I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, back once again. Renegade Master, D4 damage with ill behavior. I'm old. I'm old. Also, I don't actually think they're the words, but you get what I mean. How you doing? Dan Lassac here. That, that's me. That's my voice. Episode 14 of Falling Forward with Dan Lassac. Yes, I said my name twice. How you doing? I've uh, quit smoking, so I hate you all. Passionately. Really, you know, I want to kill people. And... Uh, hope that all joy in the world dies so there's that I, I did the thing I'm actually using one of those vaps one of those vap sticks it's like a USB stick that makes smoke happen which seems to be helping so if, if you're looking to quit you know you can do it because I've been do, smoking for 20 years and I've gone a good couple of weeks now so I think you can do it too there you go, there's the positivity for the episode done. You know, I've given you a good hearty message to live your life by. Mm. So, who's this week's guest? Um, this week's guest is the most different of all of our guests so far, I think, personally. She's a toy maker, puppet maker, model maker, a lot of maker in there, but also puppet fixer-upper. Um, her name's Kerry Dyer, and uh, you can find her at kerrymakesthings.com. Hang on, let me just double check that. Hang on, I'm scrolling through my phone. Don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, kerrymakesthings.com. Edit. I missed something. Kerry's got some new stuff on her shop as well. That website link I just gave you. Yeah, go there. She's got some new stuff on her shop. So check that out. And you can find her on Instagram at Kez Dyer. So K-E-Z-D-Y-E-R on Instagram. Um, and it is a Z. It's not a Z. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. See? That's perfect. That's how that ends. Um, but yeah. She's worked on a huge variety of projects um, from... Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs and the BBC's The Clangers through to making her own line of art toys and just someone who has done a huge amount of just someone who's created actual physical things in the world 
rather than people like me that just make bleeps and bloops that will one day get deleted from the internet. It was a really interesting chat though. I learned a huge amount and this is definitely the one that I went in. I did my due diligence, I did my research, but anything involved with stop animation, filmmaking in general, um, toy making, are just areas I know very little about other than how to enjoy those things. So yeah, like you will notice uh, throughout that I say, oh, so it's like that. And Kerry will have to go, well, no. Uh, <laughs> but that's a good thing. I learned stuff, you know? And that's what life's about. Uh, every day's a school day, to quote Anne Robinson on The Weakest Link. That shouldn't have come back into my head. But yeah, really good. Really happy with how this one's turned out. But then I'm happy with all of them because basically I've yet to make a fool of myself, which which is a nice thing. Before we get started, though, I've got to get the my usual plugs in. Um, again, thank you to the Patreons, people who choose to support this podcast. Um, you are the only reason I can afford to continue doing it. So huge thank yous for that. It means a vast amount. Not only making a difference to my life but let's face it making a difference to the entire world we're making the world a better place by uh putting this podcast together so if you want to help the other patreons support doing this it's patreon.com forward slash dan uh also the music as ever is from on dan lasack.bandcamp.com get over there it's all pay what you want so you can download it for free and stuff so without further ado, let's get on with it. Kerry Dyer, Kerry Makes Things, and me chatting all things stop motion, puppeteering, magic. Enjoy. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Offensive, offensive about, about pigeons. pigeons. 
how are you? I'm good, yeah. So, who are you? Who am I? Oh, do I have to do a full like, intro? No, because uh, we're going to talk for like an hour. I guess. You, you, you'll be spoilers otherwise. Mm. Should I give you clues? No, <laughs> I, no. my name's Kerry Dyer. You can Dyer. do it by a mime. Yeah. <laughs> mime. You should do it by a mime. That would work this really well weirdest, on a podcast. Weirdest, yeah. weirdest podcast. <laughs> um, down a ravine? The mime cast. <laughs> hmm. I, I do wonder, is there a way of, of doing a mime-based podcast? No. 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 audio described would just be giving it away if yeah. you're doing charades. Well, you could... Yeah, so it could be a person's interpretation of the mime. It's not necessarily what's actually being done. It's... Like um, the bad lip-syncing YouTubes mm-hmm. of podcasts. Yeah. That would actually be quite bad. Oh, the um, lip-reading. Bad. Lip-reading. Lip-reading, not lip-syncing. Yeah. Lip-syncing bad is lip-reading. the other one. Bad yeah. yeah. That's the one. So Kerry Dyer... <clears throat> yep. You can cough right into it if you can want. Can I? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're recorded separately. I can just, oh, right. I can just dip your little cough Oh, out. okay. But it, it will still get picked up by my mic, mm-hmm. which is always very confusing. So it always sounds like... It's like a tiny gonna... faraway cough. It's very it's very oh. natural, though. <laughs> um, Kerry Dyer. Kerry mm-hmm. makes things. Yes. You've just been to the Toy Art Festival in Leeds. Yeah, yesterday. How was that? That was great. It was lovely. It was really nice being in an air-conditioned room for the... <laughs> What was it? 30 odd degrees. degrees it was. Um, no, that one was really nice. It's a nice atmosphere. It's um, it's small. There's a there's a larger one that happens down in London. Um, ToyCon UK. It's just all, it's been going longer. Literally and, anything you describe. Yeah, there's a larger but one in London. Yesterday had a had a really nice atmosphere to it. It's a lot of really friendly artists, and everyone's just really. Lovely. Are the ones in London like mean artists? No, no. Is it like mean (laughs) girls? Everyone looking looking at each other's toys like, (laughs) idiot. I mean, that's the way I imagine it in my head. No, of course not. No, it's again, it's it's run by really lovely people, but it's just a bigger event, so you don't get time to go around and talk to everyone. Yeah. Because you've got to be like at your stand talking to people and yeah. You're trapped at your stand. No, because I do that one with friends. So I share a stand with a friend. Oh, you're allowed 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 to walk away? Walk away and chat to the odd person, but there's no way you can talk to everyone. There's not time. There's not. So, but it's uh, art toys. Mm -hmm. So for for people who who uh, don't know what we mean by art toys, um, there's dunnies and mummies and smorkins and And labbits. Yep. Uh, that's it. That's all um, of them. Qui. Madel. Key. Yeah. What's it, what was there's a words before key, isn't there? No. Metal. Oh, heavy metal key was a uh, was a specific show. Oh, okay, key, so key, key is, is just the, the skeleton skelly yeah. bro. Yeah. I had a key ring of of the skelly bro, and it fell apart. Mm. So I just had the little bit of plastic that would have gone between <laughs> his body and his head. Yeah. On the as, key as ring. a key ring. <laughs> For a long time. It looks like just, a tiny bottle opener. Exactly that. Just yeah. a ton, four toys. Yeah. Toy bottle opener. So it's that. It's the, it's the, uh, those are the vinyl production toys. Mm. You also get people doing their own short run production resin toys mm-hmm. or customizing vinyl stuff. So like some of my stuff, I, I you know, cut open their faces and sculpt things inside their heads. Yeah. That. It's, um, the, the customizing of the vinyl stuff is mm-hmm. probably the bit. I know, um, not know the most about, but mm. am experienced. That's, that's what you tend to get more of at toy fairs. 
uh, you get people customizing things or making their own production resin. You get less yeah. of, at least in the UK ones, you get less of the big retailers just selling pop figures or whatever. Yeah. Um, but companies like Kid Robot and stuff mm-hmm. brought in a lot of different artists to yeah. make, and, and that's the attraction with them. They're, they're blind box. A lot of the smaller ones yeah, are done in like blind with the, boxes. With the, uh, the, the dunnies. Yeah, they, um, I can't remember how many are in a box. It's usually like I think it's like twenty five or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then they'll have they'll have like um, values on the side of the boxes to tell you how rare certain ones are, and you get collectors who either want to get like the whole set or they want the most rare ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like like shinies with football stickers. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Like I've got some in the uh, the cabinet behind me. In but the then... cabinet of joy. <laughs> yeah, the half filled cabinet because we moved, but it's. I don't like none of those are rare ones. Those are just ones I like. I'm annoyed because like the the rare ones I've got are all ones that have additional pieces. Mm-hmm. So there was one he was like a Asa Dunny, Dunny's the ears one. Money's yeah. the sans ears. Yeah, um, and he had a. Well, they've got like, they've got like little human ears. Little human ears, yeah. yeah. It's more monkey mm-hmm. money, yeah, which would make sense, yeah, it being an M. Um, but he had a little bowler hat and a little umbrella. Mm-hmm. Umbrella gone, gone. Yeah. Not a clue. Yeah. Not a clue how or yeah. when it happened. I've got a whole box of just accessories from when I've customised things and I, d- I didn't use the accessory. So <laughs> you've destroyed, just... yeah, valuable yeah. So things. So that's that's one of the things with the way Kid Robot um, does things with their their blanks. They do blanks, so like plain white vinyl of monies, but they don't do them with dunnies. Or they do occasionally, but they'll do them for specific artists. So if you want to, as a like non high profile artists want to do uh, a dunny custom you've generally got to use one of the one I of the ones they that. out with artwork on them yeah, yeah. i d- didn't even mm. cross my mind that mm-hmm. you couldn't get blanks yeah i buy i buy uh non rare ones on ebay which are cheap <laughs> cheap as chips and then <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 i find the the cheapest possible dunny i can find on ebay but like how did you get into that like so the um i cuz weirdly we're going to talk about your your day, my job. day job yeah but your day job came but before way, way before, yeah. Toys. My day job is I, I, you know, I'm one of those people who, who's actually doing the thing they studied at university, which is rare. I know, get I know. out! I know. You opened <laughs> that window earlier. Get, get out! Get out that window. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how I got into it was I, uh, I moved to London um, a few years back, and I, my partner was working in London, and I, and I was unemployed at the time, and I had nothing to do and someone asked me if I would make them a run of toys for a mm. video game that they were making um and I didn't know how to make toys so I just started googling things and trying to find stuff and it turned out there was a there was a toy show happening at Forbidden Planet in London which was the heavy metal key show that I mentioned earlier okay so I went to that um to and, just learn how yeah just to see what it was yeah really um and it was lovely and I met all these really nice people a lot of whom I'm still friends with now and like I saw a bunch of them yesterday at the uh yeah. the Leeds event but it was just so friendly and like lovely and welcoming and mm. um and yeah one of them asked me if I wanted to be in their Christmas show that they were doing at at the time Kid Robot had a shop in London so yeah they, there were tons of shows and events there Kid and, Robot definitely had like a, a period of time where they had pop-up shops yeah. and all this. And then, obviously, they seem to have backed off. They had clothes. Yeah. Andrea wonders... I've, I've got T-shirts and hoodies and, yeah. I, th- I think... I'm not sure. She'll kill me if I... She won't kill me. 
she'll hurt me. I don't me. think she would kill you. She'll hurt I me. I assume but she likes you. I think her cardigan that I hate, mm -hmm. the, she's got this green one with like Paddington <laughs> toggles on. Yeah. She's got two of them. Uh -huh. She likes it that much. Yeah. He's kid robot. Yeah, I've got a blue one that my boyfriend hates. Yeah. Absolutely hates it. Yeah. Yeah. But we, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not that we hate you. Uh -huh. It's that we hate the cardigan. Yeah. To be fair, like Andrea's, uh, the way she dresses, I can't even see it now. Mm. Like, she's covered in tattoos mm -hmm. and then for some reason feels like that makes it acceptable for her to wear ridiculous prints as well. Like, she, when she moves, it's uh -huh. physically nausea. So, like, she <laughs> confuses the eye so much. Oh, no. Yet in like an a... urban setting, she blends in perfectly. Oh. It's like, like digital camouflage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Andy. <laughs> This is standing. She's not, she's not going to thank you for that. She'll be fine. I think I actually quoted her, confuse the eye. <laughs> but yeah, so you went to a show. What was the game you were making the toys for? Um, I never did make them. So oh, okay. I'm not going to say what it was. <laughs> I, I think it wasn't, it was partly because um, I, uh, I told them it was going to be way cheaper for them to go to a company that was set up for it already than it was for me yeah. to like hand make a prototype and then mold it and cast it and yeah, yeah. I've, I've said that actually over the years since I've been doing toys and animation stuff I've I've had a lot of people approach me about making stuff for them and friends who want me to make things for them and it's just sometimes yeah. it's just cheaper to go with uh, mass production yeah. <laughs> than well, me in, in my shed I do, me and uh, Scrooby as Pip um, this, this guy I know i I think I've heard of it. Vaguely, mm. vaguely. We used to, our first ever t-shirts were um, made by this girl called Bombay Forest down mm -hmm. in Cornwall because we wanted hand screen printed. We wanted it to be beautiful and stuff. Mm -hmm. But we were paying like nine quid a t-shirt. Yeah. But we still wanted to sell them for 15 quid. So for that first like year of our career, we were just not making any money on all this merch. And, yeah. Like, that that thing of you want to support an industry, fuck off, whoever that is. <laughs> it's my own fault. Uh, you want to support an industry, you want to support an artist, but the systems are cost prohibitive. Yeah, of, I, I of had that, that problem when I, I ran... Um, so a few a few years into making toys, I, I made my own resin blank. It was a, a mould. Yeah, I've got some of them in the, in the can, cabinet there. We, so. we can talk about that as well. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I I did a custom show. It's where Mole I said, XL. Yeah, because I and used to make the mini, 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 mini mole. Um, Is mini mole called mini mole? There's one there in that. Do you see that? Paper craft uh, treasure chest. There's one inside that. Okay. <laughs> oh yes, I can see his little face. Yeah. Um. So is he minimal? Is that? Yeah, that's minimal. So I I, I made th those were the first things I made at my first convention to sell, and they sold really well. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, I think is that right? Uh, that's ladies that's and gentlemen, right. that's called research. <laughs> oh yes. It's, yeah, I don't have any notes in front of me on my own life. I don't Do you know, know what? It was. I don't. If you, oh, you, you just remembered that. I, I just remembered oh, that. Well done. That's that's the great yeah. thing. Can't remember <laughs> so my I, own age, but you know. You, yeah, that that'll be in there forever. That's there yeah. now. <laughs> so yeah, that I I made for the first ever ToyCon UK mm -hmm. in London, um, and they sold really really well there. In fact, I sold more of those than I did anything else. Um, so I decided to make the, the larger version, the Mole XL version. Are they vinyl? Or? No, they're resin. They're resin. But they are hollow, so they're rotocast, but not 
I didn't go so far as to build a rotocast machine. I mm. did it by hand, which is... In, it, it's rotocast spinny cast. Spinny, yeah. It's where you spin it in more than one You direction. make a mould and you spin it in mm-hmm. all... And that spreads the Yeah, it the moves stuff, on, the goop. on two different axes. But, yeah. And that, what that does is turns it all the way around. So it evenly distributes yeah. the resin. Yeah, except I didn't want to build one of those, so I just did it by hand. I bought, uh, I bought a <laughs> resin that cures... Well, not totally cures, but sets in three minutes. So all I had to do was turn it continuously are you doing minutes. it quickly or, or well, slowly just, slowly just, just to coast slowly. it slowly yeah like okay. I mean that that's the a can, podcast no one's going to see this that's the hand motion that's the hand motion there <laughs> yeah um, if you can guess at home what that hand motion was <laughs> it was nowhere near as lewd as you had thought no. you know um, but that's like like you did that in your home or in a, a little workshop shed. somewhere in a shed in a shed yeah. like we I think as technology progresses, as our understanding of things progress and our ex- access to information, mm-hmm. like people listening now can go Google rotor mold or mm-hmm. ro- rotor casting. Rotor casting. Mm-hmm. See, I forgot instantly. Um, and go and see that, okay, I could do that in my house and make yeah. something. You can also buy the machines that do yeah. it as well. Like you don't have but to you've build just one proved, yourself. You've just proved you don't need the machine. No. Just need a bit of like upper body strength <laughs> <laughs> to do it, depending on the size of the. How many did you make? Oh god, I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, for that show, I think there were sixty artists, so minimum sixty. So you made. <laughs> I, I do have more that I sell at shows. Still, you so. you launched them mm-hmm. as such at mm. ToyCon earlier that year. Yeah. And then you put on an exhibition based around those yes. getting artists yeah. from all over to mm-hmm. do what Donny's done, do what Kid Robot have done. Yeah. Of, of either paint on them or sculpt on them and customize them in some way. Uh, there's a there's a Flickr album of remold. Mm-hmm. So, R-E-M-O-L-E-D. Yeah, listeners. that was the name of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Flickr album. You remember Flickr? When <laughs> you remember that's still up. It's still yeah. there. Yeah, somehow I thought Flickr was still a thing in 2014. I guess it was. No, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. It definitely was. Yeah. Someone bought it and then it yeah. stopped being a thing. Oh, I was still, still using Flickr still there, in 2014. Though. Yeah. But, um, so, but going through that album... It's fascinating to see how it's not just someone, it's not just 60 people repainting them, mm-hmm. painting funny faces on them. You know, yeah. it's people using, it, it's a mole, but um, someone did a diglet using, turning the mole's nose into the uh, sort of peak yeah. of a point of a uh-huh. hat and stuff. Yeah. And like how someone can look at a shape and think, Okay, if I add this mm-hmm. and take away that, I can mm. turn this into yeah. something else, yeah, which is kind some, of fascinating. There were some really interesting ones in there. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, my friend Ollie turned it into a bird. Uh, his artist name's Ockle. He's the guy I share with, a stand with at mm. Toycon every year. Um, he turned it into this bird with these really spindly legs, and somehow it was still supporting itself perfectly. Someone it was, did a Mario. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Mario's nose looked a bit like a penis. <laughs> like not whoever that artist is. It was just the first shot. I oh saw. no, that was the that might have been the Doctor Robotnik. No, the, there or, is the Doctor Robotnik looked yeah. like Doctor Robotnik, oh, but okay. stretched in yeah. strange proportions in a nice way, in a, a stylized mm-hmm. way. But the Mario definitely looked. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, yeah. And the maniac, Manic Minor. Manic Minor. Mm-hmm. Was really nice. Mm-hmm. But the diversity of, like, you've got one form that you can work from. And, yeah, to me it's fascinating because we talk a lot on the podcast about limitations. Mm-hmm. About how, like, you're having to work around a restriction mm. is far more conducive to being creative yeah and actually uh i should mention the theme of the show was video games or at least it was being held in a video game bar and i told people in that, that they're london in that they're london yeah, yeah loading bar um and just, and so everyone kind I just of got that. loading bar. yeah i just got that <laughs> i'd read the name and didn't really think about it but yeah. then loading it, it, bar yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people went for for a video game theme, mm-hmm. yeah, theme for their basis which makes sense yes but how does how did like from a your point of view you must have spent months getting the artists mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. getting it all together yeah and then the pieces are being sold as well so mm-hmm. i'm assuming there's a percentage cut there yeah yes yeah, so, uh-huh. but you're having to deal with all that yeah how did you find having the having to for a short space of time, run that as a business. Well, that was in one of the the patches where I wasn't. I didn't have any day work. Day job. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I. Right. Maybe I should mention that. What I do is contract work. So mm-hmm. I'll have several months, or maybe two weeks, or maybe a couple of years on a project, and then I'll have a, a stretch of nothing. So for so, you, you listening, Kerry's day job is stop motion animator model maker puppet maker puppet maker more specifically these days i don't really animate anymore hang on we're, we're just the the list <laughs> uh head of puppet hospital fur technician model maker prototyper i'm leaning in guys um i don't know what that word is it looks like s- solicitor but no. uh sculptor <laughs> animator prop maker that's a list of jobs you've had in your life mm-hmm. um Fry cook as well. No. No. <laughs> Have you never had to cook fries for a living? No, I've had I, I've had a billion uh, like part time and temp jobs, but no, no. Never had to cook the fries. No, I'm vegetarian, so I tend to I stay out of the there kitchen. Must, there must be some vegetarian fast no fast food places. Not back then. No, not maybe, like maybe today. Fifteen years ago, but like no. yeah, yeah, maybe now that would be an option. Maybe. Don't know. I'm trying to actually think if there is an out-and-out fast food delivery place, but I don't think there is. Oh, there's one in uh, in London that I, I really like. They don't do delivery, but they do, like, vegan fried chicken. It's called Temple of Hackney. Temple of Hackney. It's in Hackney. Yeah, really good. That's, that's good. I miss least, that place. <laughs> it'd be really confusing if they were in, like, Waterloo mm. or somewhere, mm-hmm. unless that's Hackney. No. Hackney's a borough, isn't it? It's yeah. a big... And, a, and it's a town. And a town. Yeah. Like New York. It's just like New York, Hackney. Totally. <laughs> They're basically the same yeah. place. Um, but obviously doing that sort of work, you're mm. contracted for a period of time. You're either mm-hmm. working on a movie or a TV, TV show. or adverts, We're going to yeah. get into that shortly. Mm-hmm. But So that gave you the time to work on the exhibition. Yes. The remo- there we go. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, so I had I had a bunch of free time on my hands. So I was like, I'm going to... I'm going to do a toy show. I've got a friend who runs a bar. I'm going to ask him if I can use his bar <laughs> to host a toy show. I think that's how a lot of things work. Yeah. I've got a friend with a thing I need. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was in this period after Kid Robot London had shut down. So there weren't as many 
toy shows. There were a couple of people who were who were organising the odd like group toy show, um, and they were doing it in like bakeries and or place basically places that their friends had mm. that they could they could have a space for an exhibition or a period of time. Mm. Um, and yeah, Jimmy who runs Loading Bar was quite happy for me to just set up some display cabinets in the bar and have stuff there for a month. I feel like it being a bar probably means you've got more opportunity for for drunken purchases as well. Oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Maybe. Maybe that's maybe. how it went down. There's a few regretful... I was sober that whole night, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe. There's a few people who, like, wake yeah. up and look at a thing they bought and thought, man... I'm no, just... I'm sure they were all very happy with their purchases. I don't know. That Mario's nose looked like a penis. No, it didn't. It didn't. It's just, it looked like a penis to me. To you. Because yeah. I see penises <laughs> everywhere. Um, how do you find working when you're modifying mm-hmm. a toy? So you, the, some of the stuff you do, like you're cutting the faces off dummies and, mm-hmm. and then, because they're hollow, you're filling that space. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're fantastic, face-tastic <clears throat> Four? Is it face then? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I called it something like that. Yeah, I, so... that's That one's in down at, in the Dynamite Gallery in Brighton. Mm. It was for a, a superhero-themed yeah, show. So yeah, so it's the it's Fantastic Four, but the big dunny is the thing. The thing, yeah. And then the other, fanta- you know, the fiery one and the <laughs> invisible one and yeah, Stretchy yeah. Boy, and stretchy boy yeah. are all, all inside the head. Uh-huh. But, like... How do you, the the thing that struck me with remold, and and that is that you're having to kind of keep in mind the structure of what you've got. Mm-hmm. You're building off somebody else's skeleton at the same time yeah. as not. I think I think probably the most successful customs tend to be the ones where some where where you keep the shape. Mm. You can see what it was. Mm. Um, otherwise, it's it's well, I mean, it, it it's its own. It becomes its own thing, but. It's kind of nice to be able to see what what you've built from. Yeah. To have that moment where someone looks at it and goes, "Oh, it's one of those." I had that yesterday. I've got this this uh, shark uh, flower thing. Mm. Um, it was a shark, and I turned it into a into a flower. But people could could kind of like see that the shark that it used to be, or the, the that was another resin production mm. by it, what's his name? Itty G, I think. His name. I don't know. <laughs> don't look it's at not, me. Is that not in your notebook? <laughs> it's not. Uh, I've got this Google thing. If we need it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so you don't find the the structure restrictive? Is is no. finding the pro- oh, solution see. to the problem? No, that's part of the part of fun it. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like th- looking at a shape and seeing what it could be, or how far you can stretch it while it's still, and still recognizable yeah. as the thing that it was. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about it, but the ones I like the most are the ones where I can still see it's what mm. it was. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, especially when it's an exhibition where everyone's used this, had to use the, the, the same, same platform. Yeah. Platform. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to see how it can evolve. Yeah. The level of detail on the, some of the remold, like the people have have built those things out and added crazy texture and mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I can't really get sugar in my tea without spilling it everywhere. So it's something I don't quite understand. Yeah. <laughs> if your day job is manual, mm-hmm. creative, mm. with your hands a lot of the time. Yeah. How do you find that you're 
other day job or your hobby or your relaxation creative thing, thing is also is exactly stuff. the same thing. Yeah. I suppose because it's not exactly the same thing because my day job is, um, well, I mean, it's different things at different times, but for example, the job I'm doing right now, I, um, I you're working on the clangers right now. Yeah. Can you I, say that? Yeah, can yeah, we yeah. talk about No, I can yeah. say that. Yeah. No, I'm doing puppet maintenance and rigging I didn't know if it was secret. How secret no, no, is the BBC were about who's working on no, the clangers? No, it's not secret at all. I've, I've put it on Instagram. It's fine. Um, but I do a lot of um, metal work and sewing. Um, usually in jobs, I do a lot of like silicon repair work and for, for puppet maintenance and mm. that kind of stuff. So it, it's different from sculpting. Because mm. um, I don't tend to do, I do. I get sometimes I get to do a bit of sculpting in my day job, but it's not the main thing that I do. Yeah. Um, so I, I I see it as different, and it's different as well because it's stuff that I'm coming up with myself. Yeah. Um, as opposed to working on a big project with lots of people, where you know, um, a, a designer or art director or someone has come up with the look of it. Or I, I suppose yeah, with with yeah. with something like the Clangers. Its legacy means you have no... Like, even the art director has very little mm-hmm. creative control because someone yeah, 30 years ago set a tone and yeah. style for that. So you've got to be... Yeah, well, she kind of works within that, that framework. Yeah, she yeah. has to stay within that. And then, so having, when you get home, that mm-hmm. opportunity to make a thing... Yeah. Yeah, because it's, nice. yeah, it's, it's my stuff. I get to decide. Because for me, I've rarely worked on commission. I've only done very few... Uh, things where I've had somebody say that's not quite right because mm-hmm. I usually I am the end mm-hmm. I am my own client as such yeah. it's something I don't understand not like get, not, not getting to make all, all the decisions yeah have to work in, within a specific framework or, or even like if you're um, with puppets if you're making another puppet it has to look exactly the same as, as mm. fit, like a, a copy because we, we always have multiples of every character so they can be shot with on multiple different sets at the same time. So yeah. if you make another version of, of something, it has to work exactly the same way as the first version because otherwise the animator's not going to know be how able to, to use it or maybe it won't move in the same way or it won't quite look right. Oh, and Yeah, I suppose because we as people have quirks in the way we move. So if you've built... Um, what what are the skeletons, the frames? Armatures. Yeah. If there's the armatures down to the very bones of the puppet yeah, has to be exactly to be identical same. yeah it's kind of i hadn't even really thought about that what attracts you to stop motion when if you think about it it's it's pretty labor intensive mm-hmm. it's kind of expensive as a, a thing to do because of the time and i suppose that it because of the ways we can do this digitally um, whether that's hand drawn or three D, it's becoming more niche. Mm. What's what is it that keeps you excited about it as a? I'm. I've been asked that a lot. I've been asked a lot over the years, like if I would switch to CG, and mm. I don't think I ever will. Um, when I was a kid, I was adamant I didn't want to work in animation, mm. which is weirdly specific for a child not not yeah. to do. But I grew up in Bristol, or just outside Bristol, so Ardman's a a big deal there mm-hmm. and when I you know when I was a kid sculpting things and making stuff everyone was like oh you should you should go work at Ardman you should make puppets for a so living for and, our, and I was adamant that I didn't want to do that for our Americans uh, Ardman 
made what's the big one? Wallace and Gromit. Well done. <laughs> so Wallace and Gromit, um, we had the Creature Comforts TV adverts over here. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the full series as well. And the full series. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, clay, it, claymation? Is well, it still considered claymation? I mean, I don't think the bulk of what they do now is is solid clay. No. Creature Comforts certainly were. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And yeah, claymation, but mostly I'd say stop motion is probably a better term yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up near there so everyone was like yeah you should just go work there and I was like no I don't want to um, so like me with the oil refinery there's right. an oil refinery three re- <laughs> but you didn't end up working there I did briefly you did oh yeah. right okay. yeah. filling gas bottles oh. I spent a summer yeah filling uh, propane and butane bottles oh. it was good it was right. good I nearly lost my legs at one point right. on a, a, a freak conveyor accident and yet somehow you still enjoyed the job uh, kinda yeah. I lost weight yeah. I got buff. Like loading <laughs> those propane bottles onto lorries mm-hmm. in a really quick fashion. Mm. It was good for me. Yeah. That, that one summer I was fit. Remember, yeah. guys? That one summer I could walk upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> it was good days. Good days. Um, so, yeah, I, I ended up doing an art foundation mm. um, uh, before I went to university. And Where did you go to university? Uh, Newport in Which South Wales. It's, it, now sa- it's university now University of, of South Wales. Of yeah, University of South Wales. Yeah. It merged with like another university. I, yeah, because I went to Reading College and School of Art and Design, mm-hmm. which then became Thames Valley University, right. which is just like the entire Thames Valley, like yeah. Acton oh, wow. all the way out to yeah. some of TVUs in Oxford. And it's yeah. like. So that's quite a commute that some of the students have to do. If oh, they've yeah. Got, like lectures on different campuses. Yeah, because I did photography and now photography's moved into London. Mm-hmm. So those those poor kids don't get to shoot. Oh, there's nothing worth shooting in Reading. They're probably happier. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I did the the uh, foundation course in Bristol. Mm. And an art foundation course is basically... They, Everything. They, every, every week or every two weeks, they give you a different topic, like photography or mm-hmm. filmmaking or whatever, and they give you all the materials and you just make stuff for a mm. couple of weeks. And then at the end, you pick one and you, you do a project. In that, um, I picked stop motion. Mm. Um, because actually, I really enjoyed making little puppets and moving them around, it turned out. And I'd spent years just adamantly saying, I, I don't want anything to do with this because animators spend all day in the dark indoors by themselves. I, I do find it cute that, like, Ardman animation is the local thing you want to escape to yeah, some extent. Yeah. There's and a lot, there's probably people some, in Australia right now going, man, I really want to work at Ardman yeah. animation. I'm going to fly to England. Yeah, no, yeah, I was an idiot. Total idiot as a teenager. <laughs> but you, yeah, you ended up working there as well. Yeah, I did. I did. Eventually. <laughs> so, they let me in. <laughs> you failed every dream you had as a child. <laughs> Basically. Well, I mean, yeah, my my dream to not do something. I think Did you I... ever get a pony? Is that? No, I, I feel I like that. I didn't want one. I tried horse riding. I I, I want. I only wanted a pony as a kid because I uh, I saw. A, although he's not popular at the moment because he's a racist, but a pony that looked like Morrissey mm-hmm. had the like the weird sort of not quiff, yeah. floppy-ish hair, uh-huh. and it, it was just a dashing pony. Like the Morrissey pony. The Morrissey pony. Um, and the weird thing is, the first time I saw this pony, it was a, in like a magazine, it mm-hmm. was eating a, a daffodil. Mm-hmm. So it looked like Morrissey because he used to run around with daffodils. Right. And it's just like... 
Yeah, the Marcy pony. <laughs> I, was, I didn't want to ride him. I wanted mm. him to be my friend. Yeah. Um, sorry, I keep keep doing this today. I'm in that. I think I didn't sleep enough, so my mind just goes, "Yeah, remember that pony, that Dan? Thing from years ago. Come, come, come into your head there." Um, so university to do stop motion um, and then animation. Yeah, it was an animation, animation course where you could specialise if you wanted to. Yeah. So it did. It did CG and it did two D animation as well. And like everyone starts out on the course doing two D animation with so line when you testers say, and yeah, paper. So when you say two. Two D, your drawing. Yeah, hand drawn, and then eventually I taught myself Flash. Or no, I think my boyfriend taught me Flash. It doesn't matter. I learned Flash. Macromedia Flash, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in the yeah, days. That's fourteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I learned Macromedia Flash. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna be after yeah. I did my degree. I was like, no, I'm gonna become a web designer. Yeah, I think. At that time, like, Flash web designers were getting paid, like, obscene money. And I was mm. like, yeah, I'm going to be great at it. Mm-hmm. And then I just went to the pub a lot. I think I did. We had a project where everyone was trying to do one of those. Do you remember the E-Stings? I think they still do them mm-hmm. the, for Channel 4 or yeah, E4. Yeah. yeah. We've had someone on who's done loads of those. Right. I did one in Flash when I was at university. Nice. And so, it didn't go anywhere. So, Syriac. <laughs> Uh, from like episode four, mm, yeah. So he's done East Things and he uh, the Channel Four ones, and he does loads for has done a load for Adult Swim, mm-hmm. and then like it was he would for me it was really interesting because he started because he was bored mm-hmm. in a basically a data entry job, so he was just making silly gifts to make people laugh. Yeah, but it's that thing of passion, like you find a thing you love and. Just do that over Hopefully and over you're going to take that to yeah. the nth degree. Yeah. But um, I've gone. You go on. No, I forgot what I was going to say. So have I. <laughs> uh, how did we get... You did Animation, it. I was studying... Flash. Yeah. Post-Flash. Yeah. And then the first chance I got to make my own puppets and use their, use their equipment to film my own stuff, I, I did that straight away. Mm. Yeah. I didn't... I mean... Like it was, it was fun learning how to do hand drawn two D animation and and set it up on a line tester and photograph every single frame. Yeah, that was that was good, and it was a it was a good basis for, you know, how to get an idea of motion and how things move. But the second they let me have a camera and uh, and make my own puppets, are we still film at that point, or are they early digital? You're Dig- digital. you're younger yeah. than me, so you yeah. you've moved into digital because right, I yeah. was the crossover. It was a um, it was a weird mix in that. Yes, it was all on digital camera, and I, you know, edited. I um, did the color correction and everything, and Photoshop and post processing, all that kind of stuff, and learning Premiere. But then, when it came to submitting my grad film, it had to be submitted on DV tape. Mm-hmm. So I had to, I had to put it on from digital onto tape. Yeah. And then, yeah, submit the physical tape, <laughs> which was crazy because I could have just put it on YouTube. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, except you couldn't because they wanted everyone to. Try and submit their films to uh, festivals. So YouTube was a thing, then? yeah. That Had was it existed by twenty seven. No, no, not twenty seven. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. Do you YouTube know why he the the three of them set up YouTube? No. So that very first video on YouTube is one of the founders in front of an elephant, mm, and he's mm-hmm. talking about the elephants having long trunks. Mm-hmm. Well, that guy, him of the three that mm-hmm. set up. The reason he got the idea for YouTube was because he was having difficulty 
finding footage of mm. uh, Janet Jackson's nipple slip or <laughs> yeah, nip slip. I remember that, yeah. At the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's really interesting to me that that is the <laughs> creation point was, of YouTube. There was no centralised resource for me to be able to find yeah, this one video I need clip. to see that nipple slip. <laughs> but it's also kind of telling of what YouTube is now. Because YouTube is beautiful in corners. There's mm. these little mm-hmm. pockets of YouTube that are wonderful places. Like, mm. actually, weirdly, while researching this, there's lots of really interesting stop motion stuff. Mm. And it's like, there's people... You've got the sillier sort of Lego stop motion stuff where people are just making funny things. Yeah. Doing... But or, then, or people animating action figures. There's a, there's a whole there's a load lot. of YouTube. Well, yeah. it's kind of the entirety of Adult Swim <laughs> at this point. Oh, yeah. What is it? Robot Chicken? And... Robot Chicken. Well, no, that's different. They're they're a, a big animation studio in LA. Mm. Um, you know, they've got they've got like big studio spaces, and they're doing multiple shows. And yeah, yeah. again, see that distracted DV yeah. tape. DV tape. Yeah, Look at that back. I know. Yeah. I know. I should be I've making that. I've still notes. got DV tapes somewhere in. I've got space. mini discs and, a, and a, a camera that pl- I can play them on, but that's yeah, it. yeah. I, I suppose like it's a crazy craft in the the amount of time it would have been taking then before you could see your result. It's not like now where you could be well, like. Yeah, I was seeing the results straight away because it was digital. Oh, okay. It, yeah, the the tape was just the submission process. No, I was using Stop Motion Pro at the time, which was, it just went straight from the camera into, into the, the software. Computer. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if that one, if that last frame didn't quite fit, you could... You see could straight away, yeah. Adjust, adjust. Yeah. But once you've made that move, if mm-hmm. like, I don't know, you've got 50 frames mm-hmm. and frame 23 is shit... Mm-hmm. It's got to be a pain in the ass to... Yeah, you can't... I mean, you can and you can't. You can go back and delete frames mm. and see if it maybe works without it. You can't really go back and say, oh, I, I want to get rid of I this I need to reposition frame. this. Yeah, you could try. And I definitely did. Because <laughs> as a student, you can maybe get away with that. And I suppose if, but... no matter if your, your puppet is like highly detailed or... Mm-hmm furry or whatever you you've increased like many more problems, oh yeah if it's something with fur you're probably not gonna be able to because suddenly it's fur's gonna be yeah the wrong it way does it does this thing called boiling where it where it moves and you mm. see it like bubble and and that's certainly a look that people go for yeah um yeah but it's yeah you've got to you've got to be very skilled to try to to make something boil in a way that looks like natural fur movement that's mm-hmm. definitely something that the animators on Isle of Dogs got really right mm. I think where it looks like the which fur you worked on I did for two years that's not you yeah. just bring it up for no reason yeah. you're there <laughs> no I think that that film that one and fantastic Mr Fox are excellent examples of how to animate with fur like mm. or there's a certain amount of maybe accidental boil in there as well but there's a lot of intentional like Dugong. Sorry, that was... That was a good noise, I liked it's it. The, the leg of the table as a gesture. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a certain amount of, of intentional um, animated mm. fur blowing in the wind. So it's you, done really well. you worked on both Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. Yes, Fantastic although I Mr. was... Mr. Fox as an intern. As an intern for a yeah. month. Yeah. I felt like you weren't, didn't want to take credit. Well, like, yeah. Uh, you were there just, <laughs> no, yeah, I'll do that. You were in that role, kind of. Although Fox. I was, I was incredibly lucky because a lot of, um, I mean, I've done a lot of like work placements and internships over the years. Mm. For for a good year and a half after my um, my time at uni, I bounced back and forth between working for free on TV shows mm. and uh, 
Wait, they make you work for free? <laughs> oh, God, I've yes. never heard of such a thing. <laughs> and then going back to working in a bank or a hospital mm. or um, uh, a bra factory at one point. Like, I, I've done a bunch of weird temp jobs. Did, did you learn anything from the bra factory that moved over into your career? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean... But you might. There might maybe. be a thing. I was, I was quality control checking bras. So I was measuring them to make sure they were within the acceptable range. At some point, you're going to be collecting a BAFTA mm-hmm. for a, a stop motion oh. film you've made. <laughs> and you're going to have to go, and you know what? I, I would like to thank the bra factory because the, <laughs> the technique they used to bend the underwire just came in handy for this one. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe someday. Someday I'll use that. Or the, the movie will be animated bras. Mm. Some sort of personified mm. bras. Different character traits. Yeah. Yeah. No, Maybe. I can... Yeah. Yeah. i just got to write a <laughs> script <laughs> real quick. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox mm. and Isle of Dogs mm. are like huge long-term productions as well. Mm. I think I don't think people realize just how much work goes yeah. into it stop motion films take a long time to to make i mean they take a long time to to get into production when you, you, you've got your script writing and your pre-production but i mm. uh, like building the puppets and shooting like shoot shooting a well, stop motion film can take like between a year and two years. There's a sushi preparation scene oh, in that. Oh, that one, yeah. And um, there's a there's a I can't remember who did the video. Like a a magazine-y mm-hmm. thing, maybe Variety or someone. Yeah. Three minute video about that where basically they're just talking about all the different cool things they did. So yeah, making it so the puppet could literally cut the tentacle mm-hmm. and all done with magnets it was. Magical. yeah that was all that was all uh designed over a, a guy called andy gent who was the head of puppets mm. on that film at uh, his workshops he, they they put together all of these processes and tested them and figured out like how they were going to work and how all the parts were gonna, were gonna but like in that it says seven months from from kind of planning mm. original mm-hmm. like Throughout all the stages, that, yeah, I that mean, one minute of footage took seven months to put yeah, together. <laughs> yeah, probably. That, that sounds about right. That's I mean, there was a insane. lot of... insane. Yes, and part of that, I think, was the design process, and some of it was um, things maybe not working the way that they were initially intended to on camera and changing it and mm. adapting it. Some of it is is because, at least from my, in my opinion, that... Wes Anderson likes things to look a particular way. And it was mm-hmm. a lot of back and forth, like getting things looking the way he wanted them to yeah. as well. Um, but it looks amazing. Like it, it works. Yeah. It yeah. Was, oh no. It's, it was definitely it, worth it. Like there's something, there, there's something about Isla dogs that, um, yes, you could have made that in c- CG. Mm. You could have. And I don't think it would have been a less of a story. Mm-hmm. having been made mm. but it wouldn't I, look the same I think I think us as as humans like see the intrinsic quality of the work mm. and somehow give it a little bit more whether that be gravitas or attention like when you see someone has put in this extra bit of effort mm-hmm. maybe we give it that extra second thought which means, in in terms of a movie, 
if you're paying just that bit more attention because they've put so much more art in there, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that adds to the movie. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's certainly a uh, a difficult medium. Like there's, there's lots of things that can go wrong, and it's mm. you know. You can have set shifting or the lights can go in the middle of a shot. Well, you, know. you talk about on a, on another podcast how if uh, the animator leaves a, a puppet in a, mm-hmm. a certain pose, say, yeah. you can come in the next day and it's literally Torn heads, open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, heads come off. <laughs> exactly, which, which scene hor- you're talking about and which animator. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine the first time that happens to you, that's horrific yeah. as well. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> it really is. That, that was, yeah... Uh, that was part of that was to do with even the time of year because if the studio gets really cold at night and the the silicon's yeah. left in an extreme pose, it'll be more brittle. Mm. It can just tear open. Oh, I suppose because it's going to need time to... If you start animating before as well, mm-hmm. before it's warmed up. Yeah, so that on that particular shot um, that I was talking about, um, I think that animator started coming in. I don't know if he came in later or if he just started animating a bit later, but they put the heating on and... Mm. Try and warm it up, um, but certainly there were there were days where he he'd start to move the puppet and it would just start he'd, like a tiny not go completely but a little tiny tear would 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 appear and I'd have to go fix it and then and that was your job to, to go in there and fix it and make yeah yeah, yeah make it right before uh, before he starts turning it any further. Is was there a lot of just screams of Kerry? <laughs> yeah, I had a, a walkie-talkie, so <laughs> yes, they could find me wherever so, I was. Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, while you were on uh, Isle of Dogs, you mm-hmm. went from being just part of the the puppet hospital team and mm-hmm. such, but then you became Lord of that. <laughs> what team? Sorry, Lordess. I think. Is no, the I, I'll take Lord. Lord's fine. Baroness. Lady. Wait, lady. 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 Yeah. Well, that doesn't seem as fair. Like Baron and Baroness. At uh-huh. least they're the same level. <laughs> Lord and Lordess, not Lord and Lady. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> um, how was that to become the boss? I mean, that was. It was. It was because. Um, so I, I was. I was on that that team from start to finish. Like I was there putting desks together at the beginning of mm. the puppet hospital, um, which is a maintenance team essentially. Yeah. And and also uh, we would do like on set checks to, you know, check the furs all gelled nicely and iron the clothes and make them look. Good what do you shop. use to keep the ha- hair in? Is it hairspray? Is it jet? Actually, yeah, like, like a really gel. A, a um a really thick like special effects gel called Gafquat mixed with regular hair gel, so it still moves a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is that much control though? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Like I, mean, I it wouldn't in, it didn't even cross my mind that you would need that much control, but I suppose if. If a scene's got wind, mm-hmm. you need to be you, able to move. You the... need to be able to move. Yeah, the and it was also that. stuff that you could comb out and restyle, and that's simplifying it quite a bit. But it, yeah. It was... Oh, I suppose because you you you're not trying to destroy the puppet as well. You don't, mm-hmm. if you need to, obviously you're going to do things in the course of your job that require the puppet to be destroyed. Yeah, which is why you need a maintenance team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to repair stuff like constantly and restyle things. Mm. You know, we've got like tiny irons, mini irons for ironing clothing. And and it's a highly stuff. detailed movie as well. Mm. Like the, the people who have made those puppets have had to go down to the minutiae of like the time on the watch. and Yeah, or, or, tiny buttons and badges yeah. and tiny stitching and yeah. It's really like, strange when you see this 
behind the scenes stuff because in my mind the puppets are both bigger and smaller than so I'd expect. Yeah, there are several different scales, mm. at least on that film in particular. We had three main scales and then we had like extra, extra small things. So um, my, my friend Jim's got some of the original Thunderbirds mm-hmm. puppets, mm-hmm. Um, like actual ones that were used in the show. Um, massive. <laughs> yeah. This is this is what people always say, that stop-motion puppets are much bigger than you think yeah. they're going to be. Even... I was showing some people around the Clanger studio the other day, some of the, the CG Yeah, how team. big are the Clangers? Because in my oh. mind, they're tennis balls. Oh, wow. This big. That big? This, this works on podcasts, right? Really? That this big? big. How, how tall so is that? So that's like uh, a, a hunched child? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, what, 30 centimetres, maybe? A dragon egg. Sure, yeah. a dragon egg size. From, yeah, from yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones, yeah, dragon yeah. egg. Everyone knows yeah. how big a dragon egg is. Yeah, yeah now yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, that's that's roughly how big they are. But yeah, like even even people who were working on like the rig cleanup for the show mm. who hadn't seen uh, the puppets in person thought they were smaller than that because they see them on screen. Because they just see them on screen. Yeah. How does digital affect analog as such in that industry? Is there... Do people who work in stop motion puppetry, is there a prestige to it? And is part of that prestige what keeps it alive? Maybe. Because I mean, commercially, the... it probably doesn't make sense, like time and money wise. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, it, if we're talking commercially, I suppose adverts, sometimes it's, it's quicker and cheaper to shoot a stop motion advert. Not with full puppets. When it's when it's objects and items and like when you get like an advert for butter, that's not a good example. Because you've worked on a few adverts as yeah, well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I worked on a on a Starbucks advert, which was mostly just moving a cup around. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's that was. I had people in as well, so it wasn't necessarily that much cheaper. But it was because there was not um, an extensive build time on making a fully armoured puppet. Mm. It's it can be quicker for adverts, and also I think people like the look of stop motion adverts as well. I, I feel like those have become more popular in in the last ten years. It's the Instagram effect. Mm. Um, so, like, why is Instagram popular? And people right now would say, well, it's like the the social media buzz. You get your likes and all mm-hmm. that, and it's like, well, yeah, but why did it become popular? Because mm. when it launched. It didn't have any... You couldn't follow people. It mm-hmm. was just a camera filter app. And it's that that bit of nostalgia. Yeah. Like, that it harks back to a time where things weren't so easy to do, mm-hmm. which then somehow implies more value to the, a thing as created. Because something's harder to do, it, it's more worthy. It's, it's better, worthy. somehow, yeah. yeah. There's a warmth that comes with knowing... Human hands mm. have been there. And, there, and there are certainly things that are made to look like they're they're stop motion or look like they're handmade. There, there have been adverts that I've seen where I'm not entirely sure if they actually made the thing or if it was CG. And then I've asked the person who worked on it afterwards, and they're like, "No, CG." Mm-hmm. It's it's you know aping it well enough that you you think it's yeah. I yeah. I, I saw a, a on while digging around on YouTube one that there was a guy here like a. Foldy paper, origami, <laughs> yeah. uh, panther, mm-hmm. and the the thumbnail looked like he had 
made this mm. and then as soon as you hit play it's like oh, this is in a computer like yeah like the way the camera's moving everything is just too pristine it was mm. still very good animation and far above anything yeah. i could ever make but at the same time there was a bit of me that was like if this was less complex and he'd actually animated an origami figure mm-hmm. in the real world it i think be i'd be more, more blown impressed away. Yeah. yeah yeah there's definitely a a sense of that. Um, I mean, possibly because it's what I do for a living that I feel, I definitely feel that way that mm. when you find out something is CG, it's suddenly like, oh, okay. Well, so that's... like, cause like you're working on the clangers now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would be happy. Like, uh, if it had been made in CG, CG, that that probably that has more to do with the history of the show. Mm. I imagine that that because you know that the original series was stop motion. Yeah. That it needs to continue being that. Like if so, there's um. There there are definitely shows that were stop motion that they've made CG versions of that kids enjoy them just as much mm-hmm. as as they enjoy the stop motion ones because they don't really. But kids care. are idiots. Yeah, so but parents oh sometimes get annoyed. <laughs> that it's different from how they remember it, or it's, it and doesn't quite. They're the ones the who are hammering a... out on mm-hmm. on the Daily Mail forum. Oh, they've ruined my childhood. <laughs> yeah, but that's not to say that I. I mean, there are many really good CG films and TV series, and it's it's just that that flip from from something that was handmade that suddenly isn't. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels different. We can cope with like Star Wars. Clone Wars mm-hmm. going, and we can still consider it canon-ish. Yeah, like we the movies to that is fine. Maybe because it's a, a switch from a te- from one medium to another entirely. That it's yeah, live action and but animation. Weirdly, we struggle with taking the old Star Wars and putting modern digital into them. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, we didn't need. Mm-hmm. We didn't need you to fix that scene with Jabba the Hutt. It he, wasn't broken. It was just yeah. a bloke. Yeah, you know. Perhaps that's more about meddling with things from people's childhood. People, you, mm-hmm. know, you get really protective of something you, that you loved or have nostalgia for. But was there a fear of that with the clangers? Because you've been involved from Mm-mm. for a while, though. For, for a year. For a year. Yeah. No, they they restarted it. I want to say four years ago now. How many seasons? Is it still this done? This is three. Seasons? Yeah, three. Yeah. So you've been in for at least the season. Yeah. 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 But like that must be intimidating for the team i know you you've come in later but... um well yeah i've just strolled in once they've they're, they're <laughs> happy with everything in. and yeah. yeah no no they no no the team because the team is mostly the same from from when they restarted it mm. um and they've all done a lot of work to get it right and get it looking right and and feeling mm. right and I yeah, I'm not going to take any credit for that at all. It was <laughs> it was a well-oiled working machine yeah. by the time I got there. Yeah. And um, with like puppet maintenance, like how wide is your skill base there? Um, every like, single process from start to finish. So like, you you have to be able to repair anything. In so any the armatures, the which would be a, a mechanical metalworking engineering, engineering. Yeah, yeah. thing, yeah, to haberdashery and painting and yeah. painting mm-hmm. yep and model making so, so looking, to an casting, extent as well making, uh yeah costume for hair <laughs> all of it 
You have to be able to... Uh, you, yeah, ideally lot. you have to be able to have that entire <laughs> skill base. Yeah. Which is a lot, but that that's what I like about it. Mm. I, I like I like making puppets as well. And I, mm. you know, I, I go back and forth between being on build teams and maintenance teams. But I really like just being able to do every part of the process. Like I've... Um, you know, I, that's why I love maintenance, but it's also why I like um, shorter builds like advert. mm-hmm. Sorry. <clears throat> adverts because um, you can do everything. You can yeah, do yeah. everything from start to finish, yeah. No, it's it, it just, it, I think from, with this pod, this, I, I realised that I knew the least about you know, when when talking to Philosophy Tube, mm-hmm. I knew stuff. When yeah. talking to Mike, I knew stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I came to this, I was like, "Oh fuck, I know nothing." So <laughs> when when I listened to one podcast first, and mm-hmm. you're talking about armatures, and mm-hmm. I'm like, in my mind, an armature wasn't the thing inside at first. It was like a literal like thing, like almost like a Meccano. Thing for holding things in place oh, and stuff, uh-huh, and yeah. it's like, re- and it's like, as you do your research, you realise how little you know about mm. a thing. Um, I've, I've definitely had, um, had well, I've uh, shown people around workshops I've been in, and I've shown them the puppet, and then shown them the internal skeleton, the armature, mm. and they've gone. So, do you do you then program the computer to tell it how to move? And you're like, no, 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 <laughs> this isn't this isn't animatronics. It's not like person like, moves to, it bit by bit have you worked on anything animatronic, animatronic? no i haven't is that something you'd want to do or uh, are you you um, happy where you are i think i'm happy where yeah. I am for now. that's a whole other thing i could like i've uh i almost went and worked on on something where i would have been making the skins the foam latex skins the to literal go over. skin yeah, yeah the literal skin to go over mm. and that's probably if i were to do a job involving animatronics i imagine that would be what i would do because yeah I don't think I, I, I don't have, I don't understand. The, You've already filled it, your head with so all much of these stuff. other I, skills and processes. Yeah. I, I can't work. I don't oh, want to can learn I, pneumatics. Can I learn now. about the electrical components that go inside? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I could. And there's still art to that. It's not like, uh, oh, definitely. We yeah. need to get this thing to turn on and off. It's like oh. we need to make that thing move in a specific way mm-hmm. to make that blink look natural yep. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Too much. But that's why I suppose Hollywood has gone to that. Jurassic Park's a really good example. Mm -hmm. Like watching Jurassic Park and then watching Jurassic World. Mm. The CG in Jurassic World is actually very good. Mm. But there's something... the, The craft of shooting the animatronics in a way... That made you made them believable. Yeah, is some of like black magic, smoke and mirrors stuff. Like we <laughs> yeah. not. I mean, Jurassic, Jurassic Park was interesting because it was a mix. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it, and I thought they, like, you think about how old that film is. It's twenty five years old, I believe. Uh, you uh, Jurassic Park. You know the scene where uh, the T Rex mm. bites the raptor mm-hmm. and throws the raptor. Mm. <laughs> There's three frames where the raptor just disappears from his mouth. Oh, really? It's really good. There's like a thousand YouTube videos <laughs> like of just that bit slowed down. Yeah. It's so weird though, because like how, how that got to the end 
Mm. You know, there's mm-hmm. but so many moving parts in a movie. But yeah. I actually kind of like oh, it. Oh, there are for things that. in Isle of Dogs that I can. I'm not happy with. But I, I think I think everyone would feel that way about it. Yeah, one, in fact, I know they do. I know there are animators who see things. They see mistakes that I don't see, and I see mm. things that they don't see. Yeah. But, but the audience doesn't see it as a mistake. Your, but this thing about like film, like a full motion and mm-hmm. stop motion, like you are. Everyone involved is is working on the absolute minutia, mm-hmm. frame by frame by yeah. frame. You know, um, one of the characters in Isle of Dogs has freckles. Yeah. And I, I didn't catch all the names on the podcast I listened to, but yeah, one of the guys saying that he had to physically in every face put tiny little dimples mm-hmm. there so yeah, that were, the painter um, could paint the exact same freckles yes, every time. Exactly. So they, they are slightly indented in the face because those... Um, quite a lot with stop motion films now you get um, with replacement faces you have 3D printed faces mm-hmm. so, so dogs, you can get different expressions going yeah 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 exactly but Isle of Dogs was interesting in that they were all hand sculpted and moulded and mm. cast and hand painted and and you need multiple mm-hmm. and they all mm-hmm. need to be identical yeah yeah so the the guy the guy you're talking about on that podcast was called Josh um, hey Josh <laughs> Yeah, he's on. Uh, uh, oh, you can find some of his stuff on Instagram under um, Sculpt Double. He and his uh, his twin brother are both sculptors mm. in the animation industry. Their stuff's amazing. They're twins. Yeah. Are they twins? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's why it's I Sculpt Double. Things. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. Um, but yeah, Josh, that was uh, his. Yeah, he. The two of them both did uh, sculpting on that film, mm. and they would have to do. Yeah, like I, I think they started with like a. Um, the maquette of the character, so you sculpt out what the character's supposed to look like. And then you've got to go off and make the face and then make a version of that face. So I think, I'm not sure because I wasn't on, on that, that part of the build, but I believe, <laughs> I believe they, they had like um, a version of the, the face that you could pour plastiline into a mould so you can get the base level of the face and then sculpt the, uh, the expressions from there. Oh, okay. There's still an enormous amount of work, huge amount of work. Because the characters had face face sets with like fifty faces in them, mm. you know that's yeah, it might it even insane. have been more than that because they had like little mouth plugs for for talking as well. So the mouths were a whole other set, and and yeah, yeah. This that's the thing about it to me that like it didn't need to be stop motion, but no. it's right that it was. Yeah, and there's. And there's also a lot of uh, clean-up and post-processing on stop-motion films. Mm. If, if it's a, something where a character has to talk, they've got to clean up all of the lines around the mouth and the lines around the face from replacing the yeah. faces. And, you know, that's, that's one way of doing it. The dogs in that film in particular had um, little metal paddles, mm-hmm. like, around their mouths and, like, the under their eyebrows. No, they're not replacements. You no, could they're animate for, the Exactly. Whole so they've got... Um, a more complicated skull that has paddles underneath it so you can move the eyebrow up and down or the cheekbone or like mm. the several, I think there were like six paddles on the upper jaw and maybe four on the lower jaw so you could make them look like they were talking. <laughs> One wrong move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how is it for you to work on these projects to like build these little families and mm. then... It's that. It's exactly yeah. that. It feels 
if it's if it's a good team of people it feels like a family like you get to know everyone so so well so like that the puppet hospital on isle of dogs there was a team of 10 people um and sometimes on jobs you know like the job i'm doing right now i'm working with people that i worked with in scotland 10 years ago so Mm. i haven't seen them for for 10 years and it's really nice getting to see them again and catching up but the team on isle of dogs I got to know them all so well. And like I, I saw them a few weeks ago at a wedding. Mm. One of them got married. So we all got back together again and had a catch up. And, and, and it felt like no time had passed. Yeah. Even though it's been a year and a half, I think. Yeah. Since yeah. We, we finished shooting. And it, it, was, it, just, it just felt like it, it was Monday morning again and we're all catching up at what we did at the weekend, even though it's what have you been doing for the last year and a half. <laughs> um, yeah, that was lovely. That was really nice. It's it, and because you you end up it's such a small industry, you end up working with the same people over and over again. When you start a new job, if it's people you don't know, you can say, "Oh, I did this job. Do you know this person? Yeah, I know them." Oh, okay, yeah. So everyone sort of knows each other, and I think eventually, after another ten years, I'll know everyone. <laughs> it's, I, I'm assuming it's a fairly small industry. It is, yeah. Like because it's so specialized, because it's yeah, yeah. There are still people that you don't like. There are um, there are hubs of animation in the UK. There's mm-hmm. Bristol because of Arvin, but also because of other other smaller studios. Um, there's London, which tend to be the people who do the, more the commercial work, or like when there's a feature film, everyone kind of like flocks to where that's happening. Which yeah, is, it's usually in East London. Yeah. And everyone's there for two years and then they all disperse again. Um, and then Manchester, where I am now, where there's like two main companies but historically there have been other stop motion companies in and around Manchester is the Clangers up here then? yes yeah, yeah. so the Clangers is Salford Altrincham oh Altrincham which is where we are okay right yeah now. yeah um, and McKinnon Saunders is here as well oh, okay. so Clangers has made a company called Factory who, well, who makes stop motion so shows what's BBC at Salford is that news? Um, B- no CBBC is based there oh, as okay. well yeah, yeah. who uh, one of the the companies that the show's made for, Think so it's on it. CBBC. You're our, our second CBBC person, weirdly. Yeah. So Dan Hare, um, who is a technologist, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm going to call him, worked on some of the CBBC apps for the BBC and worked for BBC R&D ah. for a while. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been for a tour around yeah. down there. Some, I mean, this was four years ago, so I'm sure what they're doing is is way more impressive now, but it, they, were, they were showing us... Well, maybe I can't talk about it. It's pre- yeah, you probably maybe can't. not. I think it was really cool. <laughs> me, me and Dan had this. He was like, yeah, yeah I can't oh, say. actually, even we did was... this. No, mm. I can't say. <laughs> We've got lasers. The BBC yeah. has well, lasers. Well, so I, I worked for the animation company, and they produced the show for, for BBC. Yeah, I did. I did work on a show years ago that was made by the BBC, uh, which was called Ooglies. Ooglies. Yeah, I was an animator on that. That was up in Glasgow. Mm. Um, and that was, they were they were trying out, because the BBC used to have an in-house animation team. They were, I think they were based in Bristol, actually. Mm. Um, and then years back, they closed it down and, you know, they outsourced to animation companies. And I feel like Ooglies was, was them trying to produce their own animation again, because yeah. it wasn't in-house exactly because they put us up in this warehouse in Mary Hill in Glasgow, which mm. is an interesting area. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, yeah, they put us in this warehouse space and we were we were just kind of like building everything from scratch because there was no animation studio there. Yeah. So they, they moved people from like around the country and everyone kind of just converged on Glasgow and we made mm. this show for the, f- the first two series of it. 
Um, and they didn't, when they went to make series three and four, they, they, uh, they got an animation company to do it. So it was this odd experiment that didn't quite yeah. work. I suppose with the way, the unique way the BBC is funded, that they, it's probably very hard for them to justify. They have had in their life some really innovative in-house projects. Mm. Like mm-hmm. the BBC Radiophonic Workshop and yeah. all this. But... It's really hard to justify that to mm. a Daily Mail reader in Oxford. Yeah, plus there's the, there's the cost of setting up a stop motion space mm. is high because you need you need a lot of space for it and you need a lot of specialised equipment mm. and people um, and people who who maybe don't live nearby, so you've got to move those people near where you're going to be shooting. Um, so there, with that series, I think I feel like the initial setup cost. Like wouldn't have helped at all. Yeah. No, with justifying this is the thing that we can keep doing. And all, whereas all, a stop motion studio that already exists has all that. You know, they have the space and, and they have the equipment. The BBC also has that that problem that a large amount of their uh, income actually comes mm. from selling stuff mm-hmm. abroad. So you also have that problem of like, can we justify spending this? Are we generating enough income from mm. that? It's, it's, in, it's a conversation for another time, but as we as creators and consumers, I hate the word consume, but as enjoyers of things. Viewers. Viewers, lovers, dreamers. <laughs> um, but I think we forget that sometimes the things we see have been somewhat molded by capitalism, mm. you know, by, mm-hmm. you know. Circumstance. The, and, yeah. 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 Like, Definitely. there's that movie you love. There was an accountant at some point who said, You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And maybe part of why you love it is because someone creative had to come along and not just be creative, but use a creative, creative solution. Creative within a budget. Yeah. 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 Budgetary constraints make a lot of Which difference to stop motion. Can be Definitely. good. But at the same time, that could also be the thing that, oh, yeah, no, you're not allowed to use alpaca wool for their fur you need to use fuzzy felt it's like ah it's kind of gone wrong yeah you know um i have one more question i think we've covered a lot really Mm -hmm. is there is there anything you wanted to say or do um we talked a bit about toys (laughs) then we just talked rambling about Stop motion. Yeah, it was it was a bit rambly when <laughs> it's, this is how I do it. No, I've listened to your podcast. I know the, that's how this you is do the style it. now. Yeah. Um, the last one was so no, the last one I recorded mm-hmm. released, which isn't the last one. Don't get confused, guys. But uh had to be two parts because it is yeah. so rambly. Yeah, I've listened to part one. So yeah. but so Stoya mm-hmm. she was the professional in yeah. that conversation. So like Keep we we would go off track, track and she would she be would the bring one. It back. But she wouldn't do what I do of going, that's where we were. She mm-hmm. would just go da 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 and then she's just back in back to in. where we were yeah. like three minutes All before. Right, well let me do that. I'll take it back to a question that I didn't finish answering. Okay. So Isle of Dogs. Um I uh, the puppet I've heard of there. That. You've heard of it, yeah. You've seen it. You've <laughs> loved it, obviously. <laughs> um I started on that as as like the first person in the door, building all the desks, ordering equipment, mm-hmm. materials, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then um, there were two other people that that ran the department before I did. One guy was there um, for a little bit before he had to go back to his other job. Um, same thing with 
he was called Andre, uh, Charlie, when she took over, she had had plans. There was like a point where we were supposed to finish filming and it mm-hmm. ran a little, on a little bit. And she had other plans, so she left. And by that point, um, I was kind of... I was uh, helping... Well, like when, when she would go off on holiday or mm. go away for a week, I was covering, running the department. So I already had like a little bit of experience yeah. doing that. And that was the the interesting, this was what I was going to say. The interesting thing there was going from, you know how I said it was like, like a little family mm-hmm. going from like being one of, one of the people in, in like part of the team to running it. Being mum. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like that, that there was just, there was a, it felt like there was like a slight shift that I couldn't maybe make that joke I would normally have made. Yeah. So, I mean, with, I, like, how have you ever had to be the boss and have interns in there? Yeah. Have you, so having been the intern, mm-hmm. is there, do you have a more in, a better understanding of interns or is there that, <laughs> do you, I guarantee at some point someone was impatient with you on say, yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Someone I'm friends with now who, <laughs> who, who was just pissed off at me for not getting what they were saying or doing it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've definitely seen that from both sides and I remember how frustrating it was to be an intern mm. and you'd see maybe or you'd hear about uh, an intern or a work placement person who got offered a job on something and you're like well why didn't that happen for me and the answer there is um, circumstance and luck and timing yeah. because maybe they were there at the point where a job opened up exactly and it yeah. was offered to them and I've definitely been the person who's who's recommended an intern for a job mm. and then that intern it didn't fit in with what that intern was doing or maybe like they wanted to finish their university course and they Idiots. were yeah, well, I've been that person as well <laughs> where I was offered something on on a on a music video which mm. would have been for three weeks and they wanted me to do that instead of finishing my degree, degree. and I was like well I'm going to finish my degree and I, yeah. I feel like that was the right choice long term I think so yeah did, did you don't have to say who the band is if you don't want but did they turn into um no, no. Well, well yeah it was it was an alright video it was an all right video. Yeah. yeah, and I was already working on it for free. It was just, this would have been like three weeks work helping to finish it. And no, I went back to finish my degree. Yeah, which I, that kind of makes, the right, I think that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think long term that was the yeah. the right choice. But, and I can see, I can also see why someone would take that job because it might lead to other work at mm-hmm. that company. And that I never did end up working for that company again. Yeah. And that will be because I said no. But Yeah. I think I what I was like asking was right is, choice. have you ever been the meanie to the intern or mm. or does the experience mean that you catch yourself before you drop the c-bomb and and throw <laughs> throw something against a wall throw, or... <laughs> I, I, don't, I couldn't think what you would have i was gonna throw a tin of hair because because <laughs> hair comes hair in comes in, in tins tin. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i try i try not to be too mm. critical there have definitely been um just give him a little dead arm you'll learn <laughs> chinese burn I've, I, I try to explain as, as um, diplomatically as I can that there have been people that have complained about doing doing the boring stuff. They want to be like doing the more interesting job. You've done the boring stuff. Yeah, and, and I still do. And everyone does. It's not like you're asking them to do anything that, that you wouldn't be doing, but they they don't imagine, maybe don't always imagine film jobs being as boring as they sometimes are have you um seen hero dreams of sushi on netflix oh, no i didn't watch it 
I, I, I remember everyone raving about really it at the good. time. It's yeah. really good. But there's a guy... So you know the egg you get on sushi, that mm-hmm. weird little slice of omelette? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. The guy... So in their main restaurant in Tokyo, mm-hmm. the guy who makes that, that's all he does. Yeah. For the, two years to get that perfect. Two mm-hmm. years. Because it's not just egg, it's a mix, and, mm-hmm. and it's cooked in a specific way, and yeah. you're... You it needs to come out the same every time. Identical every yeah. time. Yeah, and that's... Two years, like mm-hmm. he ain't complaining, you know. Because yeah. once he gets that two years, yeah, he gets the full soy sauce. Exactly. Bottles. Yeah. I it's... don't know. I don't know what the next step up is, but <laughs> like, if you want to, uh, there's that phrase. It takes like ten thousand hours to mm. become a master of anything. Yeah. Well, that's part of your course yeah. to mastery. And and it's not even. It, it's not even. Well, I had to do this, so they have to do this. It's. I still have to do this. I'm still, you know, I'm making doing hands too. and yeah. eyeballs. And is that know, the like entry cut, cutting level? out um, uh, the paper pupils that go onto small scale eyes? Mm. Yeah, yeah, tiny, 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 teeny, like like maybe three or four mil across. Is there a tool for that? Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's it's a sharpened bit of uh, round brass that you. Hammer, yeah, you hammer that makes out, sense. You hammer them out of paper sheets. At least in, in that particular process of, of eye making, like there were, there were, there was more than one. Uh, I think the larger scale eyes. I was, were, I was thinking um, like a hypodermic would work, but they wouldn't because they're pointed. You can get flat ones. You can get flat yeah. hypodermics. Yeah, but no, that's too small. Why do you need these needles, madam? <laughs> well, I'm an oh, animator. We we actually use a lot of needles for, for I... things like um, filling. Uh, silicon holes in silicon or like tears and repairs and stuff if you need like a tiny amount you use the syringes quite a bit but sometimes the needle is needed to inject a little bit of silicon like mm. just under the skin so yeah you have a lot there's weirdly a lot of medical equipment that we use <laughs> we use the gloves and the uh and the needles and sometimes dental tools for sculpting. Yeah. yeah i think i think that covers everything it's like an hour and 20 minutes. We nailed it. But there's one other question that mm-hmm. is just interesting to me because I've never really been in that situation. Your partner mm-hmm. is a creative too. He You're is. both creatives. Yeah. You both work in very time-consuming creative jobs so they're mm-hmm. both you're both on like long-term projects a lot of the time when you're doing things yeah like neither of you work in nimble industries <laughs> things don't happen quickly <laughs> things don't happen quickly yeah but like how is it for you does it help like well i mean there's there's definitely a certain amount of understanding there like yeah if, i mean it, it and this probably isn't healthy and that if he needs to work late into the evening, I've definitely got things I could be working on. And yeah. So we'll maybe spend an evening both working, which, yeah, maybe maybe not the, <laughs> yeah. the, the healthiest way of doing things because I think we probably work longer hours than, than we should. The, the, but I suppose just, to a certain extent you're enjoying it as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not yeah, like I wouldn't do it if I didn't crunch, enjoy it. Because you're not being forced to do it. It's like, not crunch, it's yeah. It's a choice. And I know he, he's very careful with his team that they don't do crunch, but yeah. he works long hours because he's a workaholic. And yeah. and I'm kind of the same in that respect. The I, I find actually more that whatever job I'm doing at the time shapes how we spend our time. 
So if I'm working on a film and I'm doing 12-hour days, I come home and I don't really want to do anything in the evening. I just want to watch TV and hang out. And yeah. that's great because it stops him from working in the evening. But if I'm working on something where I've got shorter hours, I'll come home and I'll make something. Which yeah, you'll, make you'll something. want to make your toy. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think our time is oddly quite shaped by what I'm doing. Or yeah. if I'm out of work, then I'm like, hey, let's go see a film today. You're not working today. <laughs> um, and uh, that, yeah, he doesn't really appreciate that so much. Because he's, obviously his discipline is digital, yours analog as such uh-huh. i know that's not that's technically the right term but yeah because in my head digital and analog are very specific things about yeah synthesis. i mean it's analog in the in the build and the animator skill but it's digital in mm. that it's shot digitally it's uh the the program that most most studios i work at now uses um dragon frame yeah um, i don't know what that is, is but i'm just gonna name. do the it's, thing Dragon. Oh yeah, okay. It's got a little dragon head logo. Yeah, it's nice, cute. Nice. Um, I think they've been going for about ten years now, and they're 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 pretty good. The, the, the animation software. Yeah. So that's what's re- recorded on, um, and then after that, it's entirely digital. You know, you've got the mm. post processing and cleanup and any CG that needs to go in there because there's generally there's these days things that there's there's an element of CG in in yeah, yeah. like I'd say all stop motion at this yeah. point. Um, and uh, and then audio mixing and all of that. So it's it's you know it's still a lot of digital, but not my end. Yeah, because I don't yeah have that, anything to do with that. That's the thing that people forget. Like that every sound you hear mm. didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like that voice None has to it. be put in. Yeah. Uh, every single sound effect has to be there. There's and absolutely that, like no diegetic sound. Yeah, at all. That's like, a, it's a crazy level of yeah. like. That that's thing about like video game work. You people forget that they it, everything had to be created. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no one thing that someone didn't have to make a decision about, and that's the same for stop motion. Like mm-hmm. in a movie, yes, that it, it's planned out and all this, but at, on the day, like how that actor moves or something. Mm-hmm. Is still out of control. Well, if You've anything, still... that makes it, I, I think, more complicated because then they've got to compensate for sounds that they weren't expecting mm. and things they don't want to be in yeah. there. Um, but it, it's that thing of, like, we talk a lot about art being this thing you do in the moment and this this mm-hmm. passion and all... Uh, yeah, the, the tumultuous human emotion. <laughs> and it's it could be argued that because of the precision required to do your job, mm-hmm. to do everything around you, like the entire project. Yeah. That you can almost get a truer emotion because so many people have thought this through. So many people have planned this. So many... Mm. There's been so many eyes and ears on it. That yeah, I mean, yes and no. I'd say some of it is um, incredibly well planned. Mm. And then some of it's just a thing that happened on the day when you were shooting, mm. you know, or a choice the animator made while they were while they were animating. Maybe they didn't quite follow the animatic or yeah, the yeah. storyboard, or you know, they. Uh, An animatic's basically a moving. It's a storyboard. moving storyboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've because I've, I've done you know that one. <laughs> well, I've done advertising commissions, ah, okay. so yeah. I've got folders full of advertising. Uh, yeah, like full advert, uh-huh. you know, to write music to yeah. and then get told that, no, we don't want this piece of music. Oh. 
and all that. It's like, ah, cool. I'll keep this animatic though for the future, just yeah. in case. I like animatics. I like I like seeing the the sketchy version of a of a character. Um, like I've I've got one for a high end motor vehicle mm-hmm. company. Um, and it is really, really strange when I saw the final advert, mm. like how close they were. Yeah. Like I understand that the animatic was there. In my mind, the animatic was to sell the idea to someone. Mm. Not, this is the thing. Yeah. This is like to the second. Shot, shot for shot. Shot for shot. The, yeah, it you has know. to be. Well, yeah, it has to be. Definitely for stop motion, it has to be. Mm. You need to know how long that shot's going to be. You need to know where where is that where's the roughly where's the camera going to be where's the puppet going to be standing yeah. because you need to build the amount of set that mm. you're going to see in that shot and you know you need to I mean I was talking to someone about this the other day about the the difference between a storyboard artist who's used to working for stop motion and one who's used to working for like two D animation or live action mm. they don't always appreciate like how much work has to go into rigging a puppet which is something that's part of my job mm-hmm. at the moment so attaching well I know there's different ways of rigging stuff but basically attaching bits of metal so that things don't fall over or so they can fly yeah. so they can yeah. fly is one is one that happens quite a bit in, yeah. in clangers because um, it's you're in not, space <laughs> yeah you're not just doing fishing line from the ceiling like yeah. people would have 40 years ago although we, we do you, still do that as well. we still do that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah fishing line definitely helps yeah um but you've got to you've got to do it in a in such a way that you can hopefully hide as much of that rig as possible so that the cleanup person mm. spends less time mm. like painting that out um and so the storyboard artists don't if if they've worked in stop motion they understand that and mm. they'll angle it in a way that helps or they'll you know they'll 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 think about it when yeah. they're when they're drawing it and uh, the, the, yeah. yeah planning planning for definitely mm. and so that definitely in the storyboard process but then also when you're setting up the shot you need to be thinking about how it's going to be cleaned up and uh, maybe that means popping a green screen in mm. um, or shooting the characters on different passes or um, sometimes it's just oh shit this rig's going to cross that character so you need to like take that puppet out of frame and take a clean frame without them in and then put them back in again oh, and then keep so going can... so every yeah so every frame you have to you try that's the one you try to avoid because that's a pain in the ass you're to alternating shoot. them yeah oh wow um that one's more difficult to shoot that's like a last resort uh kind of thing <laughs> that's the oh it's well. gonna take ages but it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna help the the cleanup person yeah yeah i think we're there i think we're there <laughs> Now all I've got to do is edit this down to a listenable thing. Get all the moments of me going, ah, out, and we're done. Very few coughs today. Yeah. I know, I genuinely noticed, because the one I recorded in New York, York, Mm -hmm. I coughed constantly. (laughs) I was like, I felt I feel like you've you've mastered the silent cough. Uh, You would be surprised what these things pick up. It still picks it up. Yeah, sadly, (laughs) sadly. It's Maybe very... you have to cut out the odd bus going by no, as well. I'll, I'll leave, leave them, them in. in. It's That's realism fun. and stuff. We didn't get any pigeons. We didn't. We the didn't. End. They oh, knew. Well. They knew not to spoil it. Yeah. I'm going to press stop before we <laughs> talk about pigeons for an hour. Hey. That was good, wasn't it? It was good. Um, I was very rambly. I say this every single time, I think, but I, I felt super rambly that day. 
Um, the, when I'm when I'm doing the long journeys up to Manchester and stuff, I think sometimes I need to give myself a little bit more time to uh, relax before recording the pod. I usually just get there and drive straight in after sitting in my car for four and a half hours thinking. You know, thinking's not good for you. But yeah, Kerry's great. And like I said before, I learned a huge amount. It's actually really eye-opening to see just how much time goes into a movie like Isle of Dogs or just an episode of The Clangers or whatever. It's quite inspiring to see people go to that much effort when it could be done. You could still tell the stories being told through CGI. But there's definitely value to going that extra yard as such. I think I think that's the, the word, the phrase I'm looking for. But yeah, I really hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to follow up Kerry on Instagram, at Kez Dyer, and check out her website, Kerry Makes Things. She put some new stuff in her shop just yesterday, I think. I think. She told me that this is Saturday, so she's putting it in there Monday, but I'm talking to you like it's Tuesday. So... Uh, it might not be there, but I think it is. I think it is. I have faith. Next week's guest, well, uh, next episode's guest, I'm sorry, is a writer, voice actor, radio presenter whose voice you will recognize if you have played certain video games we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, and according to Andrea, um, is the best podcast yet. The, not of all podcasts ever, obviously. She's not listened to them all. She doesn't have that much time. She's a very busy woman. Um, but of the ones I've recorded. So get ready. Gird your loins for for that. Don't forget to check out the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Sack. If you want to support the podcast, if you want to keep this podcast running, um, and... If you want some free music or you want to pay for some music, danlasac.bandcamp.com. Is that it? Is that everything I have to say? Who knows? Who knows? But thank you in advance for spreading the good word. Those retweets mean a lot. Those tweets mean a lot. Those Facebook posts mean a lot. Hitting up your mates on Friendster. It does so much. You know, banging it in youtube comments i saw one of you post in a youtube comment the other day and it really confused me because it was an unrelated video but you know what it means a lot um get on bebo get on uh, friends reunited get out there you know <laughs> and i'll just end this here because i'm rambling talk to me on twitter tell me tell me to stop rambling and i'll uh See you in a couple of weeks. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.